Hello friends, welcome to the podcast. I hope your day is treating you well. I am spending this quarter writing my book, which means that we are posting a few of my personal favorite episodes from the last year. This episode originally aired earlier this year, but I'm wondering if you got a chance to listen to it. If you're interested in the book, you can be one of the first people to know when it goes live by signing up for our newsletter list at clubenneagram.com. For now, thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everybody. Today we are here with Eric Campbell. He is one of my dearest and oldest friends, which is a really big deal. Um, he is one of my, he's my absolute favorite type nine um, in the world and just someone I'm absolutely obsessed with and has maybe the best fashion sense of anyone that I know. Um, so, Eric, thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to get into the interview with you. Oh my God, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I have been reading through your book um, constantly since you asked me. <laughs> um, and also, what an honor, the best fashion sense. Oh my God. Oh my God, like you didn't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so Eric, I know how you found your type, but for the people at home, how did you, you know, what's your journey with your Enneagram type look like? So my journey, um, it's fun. Well, I'll, I'll answer your question in a minute, but I feel like I'm always, cause I find the Enneagram so interesting and so helpful in ways that other, uh, like, whatever you want to call them, personality quizzes and all that stuff, like, aren't helpful to me. So um, I'm always asking, but I don't know much about any other number aside from my own. <laughs> and um, the way I got introduced to my number and or my type and Enneagram in general is you, of course. <laughs> and um, going through them, and I basically said, hey, Sarah Jane, um, what type am I? And then you broke it down and gave me a, like, sort of told me about each one. And of course, I did like online assessments and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, when I'm, you helped me and um, reading about type nine, and I know usual, usually type nines don't think they're type nines, but I actually, it resonated with me. And I was like, no, that actually has to be. Uh, my type and the more I read about other types I still I'm like I see that in myself type one type two whatever but I just yeah I just really resonated with type nine I was like there's no other option that is that <laughs> yeah which I I kind of love that because um when I you know I think about the stereotype of a type nine it's someone who's like not very opinionated or um isn't doesn't have a strong personality but you I think like really bust out, bust through those stereotypes. I think you have like a really strong personality and um, a really vibrant presence. And so it's, it's awesome to hear that like you still knew who you were right away. Thank you so much for saying that. Also, I need to just tell you reading. Um, it was like such an ego boost um, when <laughs> reading your chapter in your book on type nine, because you kept saying um, like, we're the most likable ones. And all these really nice things. I was like, oh my God, people love me. People truly love me. 
<laughs> but also, um, also like truly felt seen um, throughout the whole thing, like talking about, um, which we'll get a bit more into, but like the struggles, I, I, basically what I'm saying is when I was reading um, everything you said about type nine, I thought there's no way she was not thinking about me. Exactly. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I was like, she must, like, literally, there's no way she wasn't talking about me when she said that. That's how I felt the whole entire, the whole entire chapter. <laughs> I hope that every type nine feels that way. But Eric, I will say that I was thinking about you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so no, it really might have been. <laughs> honestly, because on my Instagram bio, I have like, that I'm an Aquarius type nine. And I talk about it like infrequently. I'll talk. I'll just mention that I'm a type nine, and all these people will like tell me like about themselves if they're a type nine, and it's like always we relate so hard over it because we all have like the same. We experience the same the same thing, <laughs> the same feelings yeah. for the same people. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like is like? What do you feel like you've had to like unlearn? knowing your type is there anything that you've been like oh wow i do this um oh my god i'm sure there's plenty (laughs) um off the top of my head i was thinking earlier how um well i think this answers your question um in like talking about like an unhealthy nine versus or a nine in stress versus a ten uh, whatever, a healthy nine, um, how we can sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like, not resentful, but we can be self-centered. Is that, is that, is that the word I'm looking for? Oh my God, let me see. Oh my God, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. Like, um, one of the, like, I think I'm thinking of either two directions that you could be going and one could be like kind of passive aggressive um, or another one could be like merging kind of with a, with the people around you. I wasn't sure which one. Oh my gosh. I was thinking of um, passive aggressiveness, (laughs) which is so, which is so terrible. Um, I, and I hate that about myself, but um, like in getting to a place like that is like, knowing that was a like a common thing with type nine mm-hmm. I recognized it immediately in so many ways and so just becoming aware of that it's crazy this when you become aware of something how you can't you can't like lose that knowledge so you're yeah, always seeing it in yourself it. <laughs> yeah so like constantly I'm like oh my god okay fight against that don't do that <laughs> that that is um that's your whatever negative side coming out so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel the same way. Like when I read something about my type, and then from from that point on, at least for a while, I when I start to see it, I'm like, oh, there it is. Like I'm doing it again, um, and that's kind of like it's 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 not. People are always like, how do you work with the enneagram? And there are ways, there's tactics and tools, but like also some of it is just kind of like, oh, I'm opening my eyes to something that I had never even really considered yeah. before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm like, you just can't, it's, you can't unsee it. So it's, I don't feel like, not that there's not hard work in it, but a lot of this stuff, like once it's pointed out to you, like anything, like you can't, 
it's not even like you have to you have to put in the work but it's so blatant to you after you're aware of <laughs> aware of this like stuff about yourself you know yeah for sure um what do you think like about being a nine serves you well like having this like having developed this um structure in your life like what how did it serve you uh i do you mean as far as just being a nine or like learning about um my type yeah well okay so i'm i'm using kind of like language that i that is in like kind of internal language so let me say it as if you're not in my brain. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I think of the Enneagram as like this thing that we learned um, to be in order to get our needs met at some point in our life. So like mm-hmm. um, as a nine, you learned like, okay, if I don't show up too strongly, if I'm not too opinionated, um, if I kind of just go with the flow, then like I will get by and I will be okay. Um, and yeah. So like, what about your type served you in your life? Well, um, I, I think of it in kind of two ways, like positive and negative. And I feel like you hate that, 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 that kind of verbiage <laughs> with the Enneagram, like positive and negative. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, like personally, like, you know, we all have those things that we kind of view positively and negatively. Um, so like positively, I feel like I, um, I've just kind of grown where I, and I've always said this, like seeing all parts of something or about somebody or different views, like it's easy for me to, uh, maybe not accept a view, but understand someone's point of view, even if I don't agree with it. And I feel like that's something I like about myself. And I feel like it's, um, served me really well as far as meeting different people and knowing different people and um, understanding the world. Mm-hmm. Um, in life, I also, I mean, there's definitely like an acclamation um, to my personality where I do, and I don't know, like, I've been thinking like, what's, what kind of, I guess this is the age old question, but like what spurred this in my personality? Like you talk about like, um, type nines kind of mold themselves to the situation. So we don't want to disrupt anything. I don't know if that's a learned behavior or, um, like what sparks that, but I mean, that's been true as long as I can remember. Like I don't view myself as, I don't usually describe myself as shy often. And I don't describe myself as like meek or a wallflower, but I definitely do. Um, and that's changed like throughout my life, but I definitely do feel like I, um, I don't, I'm not always my most uh, sincere or authentic self, depending on um, when or what, who, I'm around, who I'm around, because I'm, I'm very aware of how I'm presenting myself. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. What, what does you not like when you don't show up as a hundred percent yourself, what does that offer? Um, like, what is the gain there? for you or for other people? Um, honestly, for other people, I don't think there's much of a gain. It's kind of a selfishness. I think the whole thing is kind of selfish on my part, like trying not to. Um, so like an example that I know is used often that you've used and um, it's literally out of my life 
is like if I'm at a party or a group or um, anything with a, a number of people, like I'm not the one to interject my opinion or voice something I have to say um, unless it like feels like, unless it feels natural. Like I'm not going to talk over somebody. I'm not going to like raise my hand, of course, you know, but like I'm, um, I look for the, like a, a certain window to talk. And if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. And um, that doesn't always serve me well. I don't feel seen or heard. Seen or heard. Um, but uh, I, I also just completely forgot your question. I was like babbling on about. Oh no, you're great. <laughs> I I want to like reflect that. Like I find it interesting that um, you were like, yeah, I I don't interject, and that doesn't really serve other people. Um, because I would say it serves us it serves us exclusively, right? Like I get to talk as much as I want to talk when I'm with Eric and I get to be seen in my fullness of like my rough edges and like never feel like I'm being judged. I get to just kind of like be whatever I am. And then because you kind of, you tuck away the the parts of you that would disagree with me and you just kind of nod with my brash opinions, you know, and like, if you and I, I think generally align, but if, if I had really offensive opinions, you know, I, well, I don't know. I want to say that like, you know, for me as, as someone in your life, it does serve me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and that like, I, I I find it interesting that you were like more concerned with like the experience that other people were having than even as you described a really, what sounds painful, um, for me. (laughs) When you were you, worried about us. When you put it that way, yeah, that is serving you. <laughs> I get my my immediate thought was like, um, it serves me mostly because um well I guess that it serves me mostly because I don't have to put myself out there, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a which is always on my mind. Like putting myself out there feels um scarier, feels more uncomfortable, even if it's not like a deep conversation of any any important matter like I still like voicing something I have to say feels um I don't know it just feels like it's it feels like a lot to put out there you know what I mean so um so yeah and I guess assuming so that's why I called it selfish assuming that something I would say would add seriously to your life I guess is what I was assuming yeah well and I think like I think that you, you know, there is like kind of a next level, um, element of that, like that. Yeah, it is kind of like when, and we've talked about this before, like when you do speak up, I am often like changed, you know, like when you really come in and you're like sincere and you say like your opinion on something, I'm usually like, did Oprah come in the room? Like when did Eric turn into like a guru? And it, and it is because like you are so quiet about things. And then when you speak up, it's like you've really, there's conviction behind it and you've really thought it through. Um, and I'm like, I should ask his advice more often. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. Um, you, you can ask me anytime, but I've, I've been thinking about that um, a few things recently, but a lot of times like we're slow to speak up no matter the nine, I feel like we're slow to speak up. And so a lot of times that um, the way that shows up for me is that um, like if I have something to add to a conversation, usually it's 
after the conversation has passed. Because I, by that point, I've like fully kind of articulated in my mind what I want to say. Um, I don't. I don't usually speak just on the cuff, like processing as I talk. Do you know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. if I'm, which doesn't always serve in a conversation, because, um, like I said, the conversation passes by the time, by the time that I'm ready to like um, interject. Um, which leads to um, me not saying what I wanted to say, and then a couple of things can happen. I feel kind of. Um, kind of upset i'm like no one's listening no one no one cares i'm not being heard i'm trying to speak but no one's listening um which is not really true because i'm the one that didn't speak up you know what i mean um which then leads to a kind of forever something i'm always dealing with is like trying to connect with people it's a vicious circle because like trying to connect with people even my closest friends I always think like, like, do they see me? Like, I don't feel, I don't feel represented in their life. I don't feel like seen or heard. I don't feel like uh, they really, they really fully know me. I don't feel like anybody mm-hmm. fully, fully sees me for who I am or for who I know I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the vicious circle part is it's because I'm not fully showing it because I'm, I'm holding it back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it kind of feeds itself. Exactly. And like- exactly. Yeah, gosh. So what, for the people in your life or other people who are in the lives of someone with a nine, who is, who leads with nine, like what, how, how can we let you be seen? Like, what is it that we can do to kind of encourage that, um, encourage us like really seeing you and knowing you? Um, well, I, I feel like you are really good at it, which is no surprise, but um, I feel like more comfortable speaking my mind, just kind of like saying it, even if it's wrong, even if it's not really how I truly feel. Um, maybe maybe it's an idea that I'm working through or something, but I feel more open to tell you because you've shown me that you really listen and that, um, and, and like a lot of times, honestly, like if we're having, if there's a conversation happening, like, and Tyler, does, Tyler, my husband, for those that don't know, um, does this as well. Like, will specifically turn to me and ask me, which sometimes is like, I'm like, okay, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Skip me, please. Come back to me. <laughs> but, um, but it, 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 to me, it shows that you're, um, you're willing to include me. You want to hear from me, um, and that uh, the space is open. Because mm-hmm. a lot of That's times, a- what happens. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I want you to go ahead. Um, a lot of times with people, especially those that don't know me, like they will um, just talk normally like most people would. And they don't realize that I'm like waiting for a moment. So especially with a group, like everybody, like the plot of my life, honestly, is, and this is since I was a kid, like waiting for my turn to talk and then someone else to talk. Mm-hmm. Or because I can be a quiet person, especially around a group so like if I do start to talk then someone else also starts to talk so Mm -hmm. then but they're louder so everybody's listening to them so I'm like I'm like okay well I'll wait till they finish and then I'll say whatever I'm gonna say so then I finish and I start and then no one hears me again so someone else starts talking (laughs) over me louder and then like one person is listening to me and I'm just like it's not important pay attention to everybody else (laughs) it's not it's not important 
Yeah. And I feel like it's interesting because, you know, when I'm in a, I'm in a group with you and someone says something that doesn't get heard, you will very easily amplify their voice. Uh, yeah. Like if I make a joke and no one hears it, you will be like, Sarah Jamie, this joke. And you'll <laughs> like make, and it's interesting because like you are, you're, it's so easy for you to do it for me, but mm-hmm. like, what is it about it doing it for you that is kind of different? I don't know, honestly. That's a good um I think I wanna make sure I think it's I guess it really goes back to like wanting to make sure space is available for everybody at the table. Mm-hmm. So like if I don't I would hate for somebody to leave my house or wherever and not feel heard or have that moment. Cause I've had that. I, I know that feeling and I, I live with it constantly. So like to have that feeling that you weren't heard or no one was listening and I would hate for somebody else to feel that way. So, um, so yeah, you, let's everybody listen to this person. <laughs> listen to, you know, did you hear what they had to say? Um, whereas me, I would have to be a little bit more, it's funny cause I don't, I want to say vulnerable. And I think, I mean, that's kind of the right word, but also it, it feels silly to, stay vulnerable when you're just talking about being a normal person (laughs) like talking normally with people that you know but to me that kind of it it kind of is a vulnerability um yeah i mean i think i like literally eric when i so if i'm teaching at like a corporation or something i will talk about like the childhood wound of each type um i'm like a real fun at parties um (laughs) (laughs) talk about like this is the childhood wound and when I get to type nine I cannot say it without crying like um and it's like the idea I'm about to cry right now I can't even like do it on my own podcast um but it's the idea that like everyone's better if you don't exist like somewhere along the way the message was received that like your presence here is creating problems Mm -hmm. and and it's not that like you did create problems, but it's just that, that you picked up on like it's easier for everyone around me if I just like shut up. Yeah. That's that is, so sad. That is um a little fucked up. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It is sad. I I thought about this and I wonder what you think, like because I don't feel like that sort of thing was put on me like mm-hmm. like um uh, I feel like a lot of stuff like this goes back to childhood and maybe it deals with like your family history or your parents or something like that and I, I don't feel necessarily unheard by them but it actually just occurred to me while you were talking like I wonder how much being a gay man plays into things like that mm-hmm. um because that adds a whole different layer of like feeling different and wrong and um I mean and not not liking yourself and not wanting to like out yourself. Yeah. Honestly, Eric, I'm glad you said that because like I thought it, but I didn't want to say it. You know, I didn't want to say it for you. Uh Um but I can imagine like my empathy muscle, you know, Mm -hmm. is like yeah, like you couldn't be seen for yeah. who you were. Period. Yeah, it's, it's it was exactly. better for you to not be seen. 
to at all and which i guess you can i mean that you can trace that in everything i do like the fact that i don't speak up and um like i don't want to be seen period i don't want to <laughs> don't see me because as a kid like even with myself um i wasn't like even i know this is a weird statement to make but i wasn't even out to myself i i mean i had a religious household so like no one it wasn't a conversation it wasn't an option so mm-hmm. i just wasn't so like so much of myself was buried within so mm-hmm. um, yeah the other weird thing though is like i had of course i had friends and um i feel like if you asked people they like some of the people i knew the longest or or um kind of the deepest like as a child they they wouldn't necessarily say that i was like completely meek i feel like i was still in a certain way the same me mm-hmm. i was still um i wasn't loud but i mean do you know what i mean like i wasn't like yeah. i still had people i still talked I, I still interacted with people i still went to like gatherings and stuff like that and crack jokes and stuff so that's oftentimes kind of a disconnect for me because I'm like I don't know how to I'm because a lot of if you read the type stuff about type nine in a certain context like in your head you imagine this like wallflower this completely like um broken person (laughs) who doesn't know how to interact and doesn't interact with people you know what I mean and like it's kind of broken but I like I don't that of course is not true and um I don't know if anybody else felt that way, but sometimes I think that I'm like, I don't know if like this certain thing doesn't resonate with me um, because I'm, I'm not like whatever on a pup on a puddle on the floor of my tears. You know what I mean? But I have to, I have to remember like there's a context because we're still people. Yeah. Yeah. We're still our own people. Yeah. And I think, you know, we kind of talked in the beginning, like I feel like, you're really good nine to have on because you aren't a stereotype. You know, you're not just like, um, you do have really strong opinions. Like I've heard you like be, you know, in a situation where I didn't feel like I could stand up to someone who was being rude to a friend of ours, you stood up, you know, and we're like, Hey, don't say that. Um, and like that, I think like we don't think of nines as being as fiery as most nines really are. And I think that like the way that I think about, and tell me if this resonates with you or not. Um, Cause it, I, my ego is not involved, but like it, I think of nines often as like this, like burning fire and it's just kind of covered up. And so when we read a description of nines from the outside, right, it's like meek or mild mannered or quiet. Um, but on the inside, you know, there's this like, burning um sometimes anger or um passion that they're just not showing to everybody and so that doesn't mean it's not there it's just kind of like not your business it's kind of that i feel like or i don't know that i'm is appropriate for me to show that right now um what is that does that resonate with you or like in what way and what way not that actually resonates with me um so much uh because i um i think i cool think what well, I don't want to say people think I, I feel like I am pretty even tempered but yeah of course I still I I have uh I remember talking to you once and you were like yeah nine's out of like a like a secret fire like a secret whatever um like a secret anger or something like that mm-hmm. and um and I was like oh my god oh it's because we were talking about I was like yeah I have like terrible road rage like I get really mad and like yell 
and like I'm like no one's in the car and I'm like cussing like I'm like yelling at the person in front of me and you're like yeah that's actually like like nine to have secret fire that they don't show anybody else <laughs> yeah and I think I might have even used the word rage because it is kind of like um I've heard another nine say like yeah you have to like he called himself like you can poke the bear, but like you can poke the bear, you can poke the bear, you can poke the bear, and then the bear's gonna eat you. But like you have to push me so far mm-hmm. to you know have to push them so far to get to that point. But like the anger that a nine can express um, is pretty intense if mm-hmm. if you push them that far. Yeah, and I also feel that that um, maybe not so maybe not like huge amounts of anger but that can also the kind of repression until you can't hold it anymore shows up a lot i always think of like in my relationships like i'm gonna be okay with what you're doing until i decide and figure out that i'm not okay with it and then i'm just gonna have to tell you exactly fully that i'm not okay with what you're doing and you're gonna think why didn't you say anything earlier and i'm gonna tell you like because i'm telling you now (laughs) i'm telling you right now that i don't like that Yeah. Do you think it's because like you don't really know? Like, what is it that like, are you just getting in touch with the idea that like, this is something you're not okay with? I do think it. Yeah, I think it's, I think I'm just slow to process, honestly. So like, a lot of people have a very instinctual point of view. They're like, I like this. I don't like this. That doesn't sound good. This does sound good. But I'm, I feel more like I could be down with anything and I'll go with anything. But then the few, like, sometimes when I realize, oh, this is the root of, like, what's pissing me off, <laughs> then, I'll, I, then I have to stop it. We, this can't happen any longer. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's just kind of, like, I'm, like, slow to process. I'm, like, slow to understand myself. And you mentioned this in your book, too, um, that, like, nines take on the attributes or can see the, their, the attributes of every other type. So it, that can lead to, um, and correct me if I'm phrasing it incorrectly, but that can lead to sort of um, like not fully understanding themselves and not seeing themselves for who they are. Mm-hmm. And I read that and I was, I literally underlined that chapter on nines was like completely written all over. Cause I was like highlighting, <laughs> I was like underlining things that like resonated because that, so that very much resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Isn't like I feel like um it's such a gift when you come on the podcast because um I know that like asking you about yourself is like big. You know, I know mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, I'm gonna answer questions about myself for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> yes. I know I do like amp up and I, I like read I was like reading about nines and as well as numerous other numbers just to make sure I understood and I had it I, I had it like in my mind. Um because yeah, I can be, and I'll, I can just be very like, either I don't know or like give like a short answer, and I can't like sound on it whatsoever <laughs> because I don't have it in my head. Um, so yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by First Leaf. Anyone who drinks wine knows that the options are limitless, which is why finding a wine I like can be hit or miss. I'm honestly the kind of person who goes to the grocery store to pick out a bottle of wine for a friend or if I'm staying with someone or I'm going to a dinner party and I want to bring a bottle of wine, like I don't know what to bring. I don't know what a good wine is. I kind of have things that I like, but I don't know which ones 
to go for. But now that I'm a First Leaf Wine Club member, I only get the hits. That's because experts at First Leaf who know my personal palate send wines I love right to my door. There's always something new to discover, which is also really fun for me. First Leaf is a wine club that curates and ships wines that are perfect for you. And since they work with renowned winemakers all over the world, there's virtually no limit to the variety of wines that you get to try. Not only does First Leaf introduce you to a ton of new wine, each box just gets better. When you rate the wine you receive, First Leaf learns more about your palate and they refine from there. It's so cool because you get your first order, you mark what you like, you mark what your favorites are, and then each box just gets better. But here's a fun little not so secret thing about First Leaf. They work directly with the winemakers, which means you get incredible wine 60% off of retail. I got six wines in my first box. I was able to choose that I like reds a little bit more than whites, so they adjusted it proportionally to my preference. And so far, every wine that I've had has been an absolute hit. Like I was blown away. I am not normally someone who's confident about picking out a wine, but it felt so good. Like I had my own personal wine person able to choose for me and just say, hey, why don't you try this? Like a really good friend who's really smart at wine, you know? So First Leaf is so confident too that you'll love the wine. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you receive a bottle that isn't exactly what you were hoping for, First Leaf will credit your account. So join today and you'll get a six bottles of wine for $29.95, which is like the price of one bottle of wine and free shipping. So that's like that's the price out the door. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash egram. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash egram. Thank you, First Leaf, for supporting the podcast and my enjoyable weekend. Well, I want to kind of go back to this childhood wound thing um, because you know, one thing that the way that I kind of like to think about it is it's just the thing we're sensitive to, you know? So, um, you know, just like, you know, your husband is, he, he was in a similar situation to you kind of coming out, but you had different things that you did to kind of survive that, you know, you chose the path of, um, I will so I will kind of soften my presence here and be a little bit less, um, I won't interject, you know, I won't like prove myself. Um, and then he, you know, he took the path of like, I will absolutely prove myself, <laughs> and I will, like, yeah. you know, and so I think that there's something to that, like sensitivity to um, that. That's just kind of the thing we're naturally inclined to be to kind of like make us feel uncomfortable. Um, can you think of other times in your life in which you felt like, you chose the path like, oh, in order to get through this, I will just stay silent or I will agree. I will nod as if I agree, even though I don't really agree. Um, are there areas like that? Oh, gosh. Um, sorry, I'm trying to – I'm like raking my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also say like while we're, while we're raking, um, another tactic sometimes that our nines will use is to numb out or zone out. Um, because like life is stressful. And mm -hmm. so in order, instead of feeling the stress, they'll just kind of like choose to feel nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you have like 
experiences with that as well. That would be just as okay. I definitely have experience with that. <laughs> I heard you um, gasp. I was like, okay, what we got? That's all you had to say. Um, yeah, like for sure. I um, I read that earlier, and I was like, oh my god, that is so me. And especially, well, to be honest, lately, well, recently, I sort of dealt with like a bout of depression, mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out like what is it? Why, like, why do I feel completely disconnected? Like I have a great life and I love my life and like the things I do and the the people I have in my life. But like, I just felt so disconnected for some reason. Mm -hmm. And, and it's happened before. Like, I don't, I always feel bad saying that, but like just this disconnect from the, like what I'm living and my experiences. And I don't really know how else to put it, but just this, um, like you said, numbness. And I think it's because um, I've had a lot of changes in my life, but I think it's because like I was trying to find a lot. I I was trying to find. um, So I left my job working with my husband last February, and it was supposed to be this really freeing time where I could like um, find my own thing to do and. and I could like spend time really finding whatever a passion or something like that. And, um, and then also I was like doing house things, we bought a, bought a house. So doing all that. And I don't know, at some point it just became like, I was just like going through the motions of, um, what I was supposed to do, which was self put on by the way, um, quote unquote supposed to do. <laughs> and then the idea of, um, like finding this uh, quote unquote passion or something that I wanted to do was like overwhelming to me and felt so uncomfortable. And so I kind of, I do attribute it to that because I felt like I was just kind of free floating and mm-hmm. felt numb. And I think it's just because like there was like a sudden lack of structure in my life that again was self-imposed, but like, I was just like free falling <laughs> and uh, does that make sense? And I just like 100%. completely, I was just like free falling and I just felt like shut down, which thinking in the terms of an, of a type nine makes sense because the idea of going out and a finding what you uh, quote unquote are meant to do or what you want to do or what drives you is kind of daunting. And then, and then whatever the buildup is of that. So if it's like a business or like whatever it may be, like the actual process of doing it can be a lot because it's uncomfortable and you've never done it before. I've never done it before and all this stuff, all these questions. And it's just like suddenly a flip switch, a, a switch flipped and like it's the lights are out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like an actual nine it's like putting you in the perfect storm of just like, oh, I can't use my resources here. Like you, for the first time, like you have to decide for yourself what you want, who you are, how you're going to use your time. And no one's going to be impacted by that decision. And so you can't really lean on, you know, how other people would prefer for you to be. Um, so it's kind of like all of the resources that you've built in your entire life to survive were like out the window. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like 
Go ahead. I was there. I was just there alone. Like, what do I do? No one. I have nothing. I have no starting point. I have no nothing to build off of. Like, there's no prompt. <laughs> yeah, and like none of my like survival mechanisms are gonna serve me here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Um. So, do you? What is there a time in your life where you've like really surprised yourself? Where you've been like, oh, that's not how I expected I would react, or. Um, or were you just kind of felt like, oh, I did that. That's something I didn't think I would do. Um, I guess there's a few times I, um, one specific time, which I don't know if it's, I don't know. One specific time I'm thinking of, I, um, I guess I'd just been, I'd sort of always had like, always worked like part-time work and always kind of, um, which is not an exciting answer by the way. Uh, I always like worked part-time jobs and stuff and I got to a certain point and I was like I know um I guess a a full-time position opened up and I was like I know I can do this job I have full confidence myself and I went in fully feeling like I could do it which is unusual for me (laughs) I'm usually like let me count the ways of this will be a struggle bus um but I went into like the interview and I was confident and I knew what I was talking about and I got it and I spent the job. I spent a year in that position. I hated it, but I did it well. <laughs> and um, and that, that's one time I um, surprised myself. And I'll, yeah, I mm-hmm. like total and complete confidence. And I was like, I got this. I'm not worried. Yeah, and it was like, I... it, it, was, it was a job managing people to like 20, 20 plus like employees. So um, yeah, that's a lot of people, a lot of, feelings to take into account, but I, I did it. <laughs> what do you think was present there that made you feel like, oh, I can totally do this? I honestly, I think it's um, a couple of things. I had been doing not that specific job, but I had been doing a lot of the aspects of that job for like the longest time. So I knew my experience, which everything I do goes back to experience. Like if I have enough experience, then it's not going to stress me out, but I have to know the ins and outs of that. I have to like fully, um, I can't be surprised or mm-hmm. I'll just draw, I'll just draw a blank. If, if something surprises me, I'll draw a blank and it'll be wrong. I'll make the wrong decision. I don't want to make the wrong decision. So as long as I have experience of doing something, which makes it really hard to like branch out and do new things on my own, mm-hmm. even if it's something that I want to do, um, especially if it's involving people, then I'm like, well, I don't want to draw a blank. Like, cause you know, this, like sometimes, I mean, it happened, to, it happened a few minutes ago. Like sometimes my mind just like shuts off for a moment <laughs> and like, I, I completely lose tra- my train of thought and, um, or I get asked a question and I just like freeze. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I have ex- like experience doing something, then those, that's, sort of a moot point that's not an issue because I I, yeah. I I know what's up so if someone if a type nine was trying to like hack you know their confidence it would be like get it's just show up every day until you're until you know like oh, yeah. I've got this just get used you just get used to it yeah. yeah get used to the idea and get used to what you're doing and um and I mean and you know, believe in yourself. We'll put that in there too. But yeah, just like um yeah, like truly just find um 
find your strength in whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. working at. Because we all have, I mean, we can, I mean, there's a lot of things that we all can do. We may do it differently, but we can all do it. We just have to like find our strength in that and like what we can bring to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's a perfect segue into my last question for you before our rapid fire session. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> which is, you know, what do you feel like you bring to the table that um, is needed? I feel like maybe the most obvious, but what I, I think what I'm most proud of is like what I said earlier, like seeing what I said earlier, seeing all sides and like understanding other people or at least trying to understand other people. And even when it's something I don't, if it's an, like an opinion that I don't necessarily agree with, yeah. I still, I still like will work. I still, I keep saying like, I, <laughs> I will still work my brain trying to figure out how they got to that conclusion. What mm-hmm. it is their thinking. And I think that's what, I I feel like it bother it might bother people when certain people when other people do that because it may sound like you're making excuses. Mm-hmm. But really I think the best way to learn and grow past things is to understand it. Mm-hmm. Cause then you can lead your way out of it. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I will say like as a friend in your life, I 100% agree with your saying. And I think um, I think it it allows me, you know, it, it kind of twofold. Like one, it allows me to show up as myself um, and to be seen in my fullness and not shut down. Um, and it reminds me when I want to be petty to someone about someone else, you call me back into my higher self. You know, you kind of just yeah. gently... And you don't, you're never like rude about it to me. You're just usually like, well, I, I, I feel like you have like a certain phrase that you say often, which is just like, I, I want to remember the exact phrase, but I feel like you often just say something that like gently reminds me <laughs> that I am just being really petty. Yeah. I remember talking to you relatively recently. I forget when it was, but, um, and I don't even remember what we were talking about, but it was like, it was including you, three other people, and then me. Mm-hmm. And you, the three of you were all on the same page. And then I said something, not disagreeing, but just like pointing out whatever it was. I think it was about somebody, maybe somebody's opinion or like how they acted. And then I was like, I was like trying to explain why, did, like how, how did they get there? Maybe they misunderstood something or what, blah, blah, blah. And I remember you saying something. You were like, "Oh, that's nice of you," and you you said it kindly. You weren't being like mean, but it was that moment. I was like, "I think that this could be kind of annoying for some people." Like <laughs> me, like trying to like trying to like build a path of like how this annoying person or whatever like did this annoying thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a a. Pay, a- a place for pettiness, right? Like where we just kind of uh-huh. like need to get it out. And I think that's usually with like our, if you're, you know, if you're boot up, like our immediate partner, like Obi is not allowed to disagree with me. Like if I, if someone annoys me, he has to be annoyed by them too. That's the rules. Um, <laughs> right. But like with you, you know, I don't, I'm not in relationship with you because you're just going to validate every 
bad opinion that I have. Um, yeah. You make me a better person. And that like you dissenting, I guess, is like from the group in that way is actually um, valuable, you know, and wanted. And so I hope that in the future, you know, the, the, the way I would respond and the way I hope people respond to all the nines in our life is just kind of like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for being And I think it's like this in this way, like this is you showing us who you are like, mm-hmm. um, and as someone in your life, like I want to make sure that that's always reached with gratitude, you know, just like you mm-hmm. took a risk here and I appreciate it. Yeah. Better. I'm glad I got that off my chest. No, <laughs> this is therapy. <laughs> um, okay, Eric, I'm going to jump into rapid fire questions with you. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. I, just, so. I know. The first thing that comes to your mind, and it's okay if it takes a second, but like, just, okay. it, there's no wrong way. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. The, <laughs> um, the first book that comes to mind. The Honest Enneagram. <laughs> I paid him to do that. <laughs> uh, your favorite song? Um. Oh, uh, oh my God! Right. Wait. Current. What? Current favorite song. Um, Midnight Sky by Miley Cyrus. Ooh, fun one. Um, something you wish people knew about you. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That's a harder one. Okay. Um, something I wish people knew about me. Um, oh God. Uh, I, I have a large collection of denim jackets, like at least, at least eight. That is so good. <laughs> um, your dream day. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, it's COVID era, so I think um, there's many options. Um, my dream day. My dream day. We can pretend like it's not COVID times. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, what well, may not, yeah, let's see. Might be the same. I think I would wake up not early, but not too late. I wouldn't sleep in, as people call it, like till noon. I might wake up at like 8.30 or 9.00. Um, Go get a coffee and go to a movie and treat myself to like a nice dinner wherever I want. We have the same dream day. Oh my God. That's because we both love movies and um, just just vibing on our own. (laughs) Vibing on our own. I know. That's something I really respect about you. Um, is it you know how to entertain yourself? I think that's awesome. Oh my god, I really do. <laughs> okay, your final meal, what are you eating? No, not this question. Are you kidding me? I hate this question. <laughs> I should have told you beforehand not to if I ever do a podcast, like if I go on a podcast tour, my I'm my only requirement is that you don't ask this question. Uh, <laughs> okay, my my final meal. Honestly, I think I'm okay with that being your answer, but I, would, I am curious about what you would eat, but I also think that's a valid answer. <laughs> that's, my, that's my answer. I'm going to leave it there. It's, like, it's actually rude that you asked. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Are you sure you don't want to tell me what you're eating? I'm uninvested, but I want to give you the opportunity. 
Uh, no, okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm going to do it, and I'm gonna say my final meal. Oh my god, what would it be? I don't know. You know what? I'm really on a pizza kick. So right now, mm-hmm. it, that may change next week, but as of right now, like that's what I'm eating the most of. I've tried. Actually, I've actually cut back because I was literally eating pizza every day not too long ago. <laughs> literally, literally every day. <laughs> um, can I tell the world about your eating situation? Oh God, I don't know what you mean, but yeah. <laughs> like, can I tell people you have celiacs? Oh yes. Oh, and, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, that's a big question when you think final meal. Like, are you going to go full gluten? I know. Oh, you know what? I didn't. I didn't. I was just thinking I wouldn't. But if it's my final meal, of course I'm going to. Okay, this actually changes things. I'm going to have a table full. I'm going to have pizza, full gluten. I'm going to have biscuits, full gluten. I'm going to have donuts because I haven't had those in forever. I'm going to have uh, croissant, a ham and cheese croissant. Oh my! God. You can't. You cannot get that gluten free. And. Um, I don't know, like the fudgiest brownie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love no. I'm. I love that. <laughs> I completely really forgot about ham and cheese croissants until this moment. Oh my god, they're so good, and I've not had one in quite some time. Ugh, now I want one. And a donut. They have gluten-free donuts, but I mean, okay, yeah. And we need to talk about how often they say something's gluten-free, but then. It's not really free. It's not for people with celiacs, right? Like it's yeah. like that is like it's it it really cuts down on the options. I know most of the pizza, most pizza places, if they have a gluten free option, they're like, yeah, but we also make it right next to the regular pizza, and it goes in the same oven on the um, pan with like flour. And I'm like, okay, so that's not a gluten free. It wasn't made with gluten, but it's not gluten free. <laughs> Which, how has this interacted with your nineness? Oh God! Okay, the first week I got diagnosed, mm-hmm. I, um, Tyler and I got in my husband. We got in a fight over dinner because I was mm-hmm. like, "Just choose." Which I've always been one that like won't choose, but usually, you know, I can come around. I'm like, "Okay, it's dinner. We can figure it out." But now my choices were so limited. And I was like, I don't want to be the one that says, like, we can't go here. I know you want to go there, but we can't go there because of me. So we got in this fight, argument. Well, it was pretty much a one-sided argument where I was yelling. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, because now I have to, like, assert myself even more. Like, I can't have this. I can't do this. Yeah. And like, I imagine, like, with waiters and waitresses, like, you have to be, like, more difficult than you're probably used to being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like let them know. Luckily, a lot of them are good at it. Like, mm-hmm. like you just have to say, "I have celiac," and they understand. But yeah, it's like if I have to ask too many questions or be too specific, then it it feels like a nuisance, and I'm like, okay, I just don't want to put up with this. <laughs> I wonder, like, it's like interesting to think about. Like, I don't, I don't know that I like really buy into this philosophy, but like the idea that like things enter into our life to be like our teachers and like, like you got celiacs to like undo your nineness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I know. It's like yes, a, tool. It's a new tool. I know. Yeah. Oh, um, so what, that is it for today, everybody. But I want to know, Eric, like you're the most fun person I know on the internet. Like where can people follow you online? 
Oh my God, the best place to follow me is on Instagram. My handle is it's me, Eric C. All one word, of course. Um, and yeah, that's mostly where I am. I do other things, but you can find me at Instagram, making fun stories and things. Thank you so much for doing this and like being honest and open. It was it was just so good to can you hear your experience and your thoughts. Oh my god, of course. Anytime. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. Yeah. I love, it. I love doing it. Well, everybody, that is it for today's episode. Um, Again, if you want to hang out with Eric, we'll have his Instagram linked in the show notes. Um, But it's it's me, Eric C, um, two C's at the end of that. And um, yeah, thanks again, Eric. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.